2: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Headline
3: other than Jawan Howard today is uh, the NFL agents and the NFL combine and whether or not we're going to see a lot of these drills with participants next week. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. The answer is we will. Um, I think the surface-level discussion is whether or not agents are going to recommend to their players that they do these drills, on-field drills. They're going to participate in Indianapolis for the medical background. From the on-field stance, many of these guys pick and choose what they want anyway, but let's just say for the sake of conversation, it's all or nothing here because that's what this is about when it comes to the COVID protocols that are in place. The NFL agents – Are saying, hey, we're going to tell our clients, we're going to recommend to them, we're not going to want them to do anything other than medical evaluations. Because based on the current policy, and I say current policy because the NFL will go and change this, the current policy is a very tight bubble on players. They didn't have the, keep in mind, they didn't have the combine last year. Uh, This year, Each player is able to bring with him one other person within this bubble. And for those who have never been to the combine, most of the time, especially if you're with an agency, that agency is sending a pretty big group of trainers, masseuses, massage therapists, um, specialized workouts, all kinds of stuff, boots on the ground that have access to these players. And they're warming up in hallways and doing all kinds of stuff before they actually go and, you know, actually test and the restrictions based on what I was reading last night, prohibit that from taking place. So the agents are saying, Hey, if you're not going to let us send the group that they've been training with the entire time in preparation for this event. And like we've done every year, then we're just going to tell them, we're going to recommend to them, Hey, do it at your pro day when all these guys are going to be around you, because you're going based on the protocols in place by the university and not by the NFL combine. It goes back to last week when we were discussing, too, the the testing and everything else and uh, what they were going to recommend to players that were going to the combine, and and uh, guys that would be approved, um, massage therapists and others that would be NFL-approved to go visit at the combine. And I'm thinking, why are they putting this out there now, like uh, nine days before, before these guys get there? They almost walked into this. They set this up. And they're going to backtrack because Florio's already put out there that with some possible changes looming, the pushback against the scouting con combine bubble is paused and it's paused until tomorrow because tonight and tomorrow morning, they're probably getting together and expanding negotiate. their policy.
2: Yeah, it, it, they probably could have, uh, saved themselves a lot of, uh, ill will here if they had kind of quietly had some conversations behind the scene. Hey, we're thinking about doing this. The agents would have said, hey, we're not going for that. And then they, they could have come out. They, they wind up looking bad. Um, but I think it's going to trend this direction, Hut. anyway. I, I think fewer and fewer players are going to do stuff at the Combine in an NFL-controlled environment and more and more want to do it in their well, own controlled environment, except that you want multiple c- bites at the apple. And you get a bite at the apple in Indianapolis. And then if you don't run as well or you don't lift as well, then you have a second chance at your pro day. If you leave it all to your pro day, you give yourself a lot of pressure. And then if you don't perform well at your pro day, that that was your one crack.
3: So the NFLPA wrote an open letter and sent it to the agents, this group of NFL agents, and said, we're behind you. And they've been behind them. Even
2: though they're not members of the union yet.
3: Yeah, and and that's been their biggest sticking point is we're not completely satisfied with the structure of the NFL combine to begin with. Now, if you want to buy into the fact that that's about the safety and well-being of the athlete participating, you're very naive because this is about the TV money. This is a TV event in prime time now, and the NFL runs 100% of it. The NFLPA has nothing to do with it. That is why they're behind the agents not participating because without the players, there is no TV product. And that, that's where eventually we're going to see a lot of give and take because the players who are participating in this are doing it to improve their draft stock or in some cases just get drafted, period. Make a great first impression on an organization as you run through the interviews and you do certain drills. Uh, if you run 4-2, you're getting drafted, a round or two higher than maybe where you grade out on on film. Point being, in order to do that, you're on prime time and you're doing it on national TV with a television contract that's already pre-negotiated before you even become part of the players' union. There, there's where there's money to be made, money will be spent and money will be earned by the by the players where they can get
2: in. But and right
3: now, the NFLPA has nothing to do with yeah, the event. Yeah,
2: but the players can't get in, and that's kind of the point here. If I'm a top, well, you can if you boycott it. Right. If I'm a first round quarterback right now and I'm going to throw up my pro day and and my position is pretty well established, I might not even have to throw up my pro day. Right. Um, I might not have to throw it all through this process, but I could certainly throw in a controlled environment at a at a at a workout run by my coach. What's my incentive to throw at the combine when you're making money off of highlighting me in your commercial? Hey, watch him throw Thursday night. Nothing for me but you're making a bunch of money off it. So, players and agents pushing towards that, PA getting involved or not, uh gradually it's going to become a thing about hey, watch this guy see if he could advance from the 6th round to the 5th round. Will people watch that? Yes. Is it as compelling as it could be with the fastest guy running his 40 there who says, "Hey, I'm not running. I'll run at LSU on uh, in in 3 weeks." No, but does it make LSU's pro day better TV? <laughs> hell yeah. Can you convince
3: Can you convince the fifth-round pick who has a chance to improve his stock to a day-two selection not to participate because you don't have your entire agency, staff, everybody that you've – whenever they recruit these guys to sign with an agency, it comes with workout benefits, gym access, and all these specialists that are behind them as part of your team. And if if your team can't be boots on the ground in Indy – in preparation for everything you've been doing over the last two months, why participate when you can just can continue doing what you're doing and get ready for your pro day? Can, can you convince the guy who's about to become a day two guy that you, you shouldn't do this? I think that's a very hard ask for a player who's trying to –
2: Maybe in time,
1: not now.
3: Yeah, it's trying to become more of a fourth-round guy than a six-round pick.
1: Well, and for a league that oftentimes, most of the time, gets it right, from a lot of things, but decision-making-wise, this is a really weird, self-inflicted wound. The NFL shouldn't be doing anything, because I agree with you, Paul. It is trending in the wrong direction for prospects to actually attend the Combine. They should be doing backflips and going out of their way to give them whatever they want to be there, not putting up some arbitrary rules days before the Combine starts about all the people that can't be there to help them. It's just, for a league that usually knocks it out of the park, when it comes to decision-making, this is an instance of the NFL shooting themselves in the foot for no reason at all. It's a very will, weird, self-inflicted wound.
2: Never, never mind this thing where they can't have their people with them this year and whether that gets sorted out or not. I think in time we're going to see. First-rounders will do less and less and maybe not come or just come for the medical. I can I can understand coming and saying, yeah, I, I, I don't want to have to do all of these tests at, at – nine different or 10 different teams that have me out for private workouts or maybe more for some for some uh private visits. So I'll come to Indianapolis, I'll I'll go through the gauntlet of the medical things, which is terrible, right? Two days of x-rays and MRIs and being tugged on and prodded and all of that, but I'm not doing anything else. And then gradually when it works for the first rounders, then you'll see the second round uh, Guys, stop coming, and gradually the guys projected for the third round, and gradually it'll peel back until we reach whatever the median is, where a guy says, "Well, at this stage, I've got to come because I can really enhance my style." But there,
3: there there, are—I think it's also a myth, though, that guys are opting out of some of the routine events. If you go back two years ago, Justin Herbert's throwing at the NFL Combine. Yep, he's drafted what fifth, Sixth, sixth, sixth. Six six overall picks throwing at the NFL Combine in prime time on Thursday night. These guys that are the, these three top three four quarterbacks in the first round, if they want to be top ten picks, they need to throw at the Combine.
2: They need to be do as much as they can to raise and, their stock.
3: And therein lies the issue, and that's why the NFL is going to backtrack on these COVID protocols, which were ridiculous to begin with. Did you know? So so to go to Radio Row as media members, we had to be double vaxxed, and boosted. boosted. Not only is that in place now, you also have to have and produce a negative test 24 hours to arriving in Indianapolis to pick up your credential. That is ridiculous. We do? Yes. I do? Yes. That, oh, that's I, on
1: top of it? I thought it was either or. That's on top of it. Wow.
3: That, that's on the, on the article I was reading last night. So, again, like, but, but at, at, the, at, the, at the Super Bowl radio row, if anybody... Wanted to come be a guest on Radio Row, you could get a day pass unvaxxed as long as you tested negative, produced a negative test. That it, it, it is all, stupid it, and ridiculous. Yes. And it all goes the back to the two rules make no sense.
1: Just a weird and foolish self inflicted wound by the league. For no reason. I don't know who made that decision, but that decision is about to quickly get corrected. Well they're gonna come back and do away with it. Here's another factor. So but Paul,
3: think about this. If, if uh, I, I think behind closed doors today, and before we go on the air tomorrow, this is probably corrected. The COVID protocols are what they are. They, they'll be reduced. These guys will have who they need. But behind closed doors, if you're the league and the TV part of this, you want Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett throwing. Absolutely. And, and it goes beyond just those two guys. But this is like an every year thing. You want the marquee quarterbacks in, in the marquee time frame of your national television coverage. That's why they're going to change these protocols. Well, and, I, so, and so if you're willing to change the protocols for TV revenue, it has nothing to do with health and safety. Nothing. It's all optics. And if it were truly about health and safety, you don't, you don't mind these guys opting out because it's about health and safety and well-being of everybody
1: involved in the bubble.
2: In time, you're going to have to do more um, for them. NIL is going to change it. These guys are going to you're be right. used to making money. And, they're gonna and be then sponsored. they're going to come to this event, and they're going to say, well, I'm not making any money and they're to, to run that's and right. to do whatever. And then you want to talk health and safety. This hasn't happened in a while. Like we've had some. I remember a guy tore his pec lifting weights and all of that. But when when does a more prominent guy suffer something, when does a speed guy tear an ACL on a bad step running his 40 yeah, that's a on national hamstrings, TV? Hamstrings right, but something that keeps yeah. him out of his rookie season or yeah. costs him a significant part of it, then that's a stop sign for everybody else. I didn't make money, and I tore, and I watched my buddy tear his ACL in the heat before me, the heat after me, yesterday, tomorrow, and he got screwed. So we're not making money, and we're getting hurt, and I could do this all at my pro day. They're going to minimize, minimize, minimize what they want to do before they're seen. Because they're pulling out of their college season to get ready for the combine. Soon they'll pull out of the combine to get ready for their pro season.
1: I, I also, it's it, all great points. You said, Hutton, they're doing it for the optics, which I agree. But here's where I disagree I don't think the optics really matter that much anymore. Well, they I don't. talked because, about this last well, week. they don't, I don't because think they can change I, this
3: on a whim and get away with it.
1: And no one's going to care. Right. Th- We're that's be like, well, why they made the right that's decision. That's why it's so weird that they did it in the first place. Just don't do it. No one's going to say a word. People are past the point of saying things about. Uh, I don't. You don't get benefit of well, optics with people. The optics that right now. I just think about, that I think that's over with.
3: I don't think they. Which is want, a good thing for everyone. I perso- I don't think they want to come up with all these protocols. I think what they don't want is to be the center of attention if you have this COVID outbreak and you have to shut things down. I,
1: but again, maybe I'm being that's, foolish. That's, I don't think people would care if there was a COVID outbreak. Well,
3: but they, but they, you absolutely know there would be people that would report twenty-four-seven about that.
1: I, I think the people that... You don't think this sports media wouldn't be covering that? I, I think the people that would do that have been far they less start critical. Talk, they wouldn't
3: stop talking about it for a year. But
1: have uh, they've been far less critical about lack of masks or policies or anything else. That has, from the NFL media I've followed, that has gotten very quiet as evidence has gone a different direction. Well, it's just inconsistent.
2: That's Look, the, they yes. took it away for the playoffs for players. Stop testing altogether, right? Yep. So now Carson these players are going to come in, and they can't have their people around because of COVID concerns. But they didn't have any COVID concerns during the wild card, divisional, uh, championship games, and, and yeah. City.
3: But see, they had control over who was getting in into the facilities. So so what they're saying is, the, these groups, and I, I'm not saying they're right, but they're, they're saying everybody that these players are bringing to town. Don't meet the guidelines of what we require, even in the postseason, and and that might well be true. But again, like here, th- this is why you hold the combine. These players have been doing this. These agents have been doing this um, for the last how many weeks with these guys? And it, yeah, am I right? Am I right seasons. in thinking nine days prior to the start of it may have been ten uh, prior to the start of the combine, which is Sunday when players and, and people are starting to arrive. In Indy, ten days prior to that date is when all this stuff comes out about the protocols in place. That you know, Schefter's tweeting out uh, the the stuff, the, the 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 memos from the league. I'm thinking, what? Where have these protocols been leading up to this? If you're going to adhere to this the week of the event, and if it, let's let's hypothetically yeah, say that I, I, I
2: imagine their counter I'm to that would be they they can't control it. Right, they can't control. If you're a but, quarterback prospect. I, I've got control of you get, when you get to Indy, but, but I don't have any control of you leading up to. Indy.
3: But if you're able to test, and I wish I I'm, I I just want to get to a point where we can treat a negative test as a negative test. If a guy doesn't have COVID, guess what? He doesn't have COVID. Doesn't mean he's vaxxed or unvaxxed. He doesn't have it. So allow him to go and go about his life and do the testing that you're requiring to put him on national TV and do these drills.
2: Yeah, but that, they're ca- they're counter. Let's i I'll, I'll just be the devil's advocate here. Their counter is you, you could have it test negative for it and it show up three days from now, four days. And from
3: so now. could a vaccinated player who's boosted. Yes. But so I, what I, difference does it make?
2: I, I'm just saying I, I can understand them having a concern about three days into this thing, a vast, a high number of their prospects who are occupying the same MRI tubes and right. hallways and all of that. Yep breaking out and then what not not just for optics but for getting their process done
3: well they they do want to get through their process they but they i think again if this were about health and safety they about covid they would they would announce that they are sticking with these protocols and if you don't want to participate and be a part of this bubble, so be it.
2: I don't think it's so much about COVID if, as if it is about getting through the whole thing if you're, but without again, stalling
3: yourself. If, you but, know what I mean? But if the if the protocols that were being adhered to in this instance, that the ones that the agents are pointing out, um All it does if, is if
2: cut they, down the numbers so if it cuts they down work the percentage If they change. work,
3: then why change It, it why relax it to, because people started complaining about it? That that's my question. Because yeah, well, they're
2: in a panic about people not showing up.
3: And that's it. They they're they're more concerned with getting through the week and making sure that their product is viewed on top of the fact that all these teams get their access, that they're going to go about it to make sure that the top players are there. And and therein lies the the optic thing that I'm talking about. It's it's bizarre and, and here's hoping that we get to the next football season and you know, we're not having to discuss every rule that's being made here. Uh, because you know, watch, they'll they'll come up with more protocols after relaxing them in the uh, in the postseason. They'll jump back into the same protocols well, it'd in, in, the, in the training. I case. pray it'd be you're great wrong for that. them
2: to come through this pretty clean. That would that would be a big help to the cause throughout. Because if there is some kind of outbreak from this, we're going to move way backwards, right? On on big gatherings, I, 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 of, I don't of think players. we we have to. I mean, I've
1: been sick every year I leave Indy for the combine. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't get I, tested two years ago.
2: It. You probably got COVID at you the were, combine before COVID was a thing. I mean, I've, you I've, were patient zero. I may
1: have COVID right now, for all we know. Like <laughs> I, I I've had a cough, you know, for a while. Like it's a cold. I don't know. You know, do I go get tested? It's just this is we're going to keep going in this circle. Like if you pop for something that's less dangerous. Than some other viruses out there. What do we t- should but, we test for everything? But, I, but, but, do I, but before my, I go to any big event should I have to test because I might be bringing the flu in? But my point is, I might be bringing a stomach virus in. That's that's way worse for because me because
3: we're there for two days.
1: I could die from a stomach virus before COVID. The way my body works <laughs> because so we're there for you two have days. To test for stomach bugs, we have to.
3: We have to. It's just
1: it, it's never ending.
3: Provide proof of vaccination and boost. Right. Yes. As a visitor. Coming on our show and being a part of Radio Row, you just need a negative test, and if it's good enough for you know um, Ed McCaffrey, I'm not, I don't know his <laughs> vaccination status, but if it's good enough for Ed McCaffrey on a random Thursday, you
1: can guarantee Jake why Plummer hasn't put a needle anywhere. Why can't his body.
3: Matt Corral show up and do this? Do this without needing you know to insert you know all these PDFs There's and everything no, else on a site?
1: Here's the issue it with gets, this discussion, and this is why it gets it just gets so old to me. It, it just a There's no logic applied. There's just none. I can't, I can argue anything or any point when logic is applied to one side or the other. We are now discussing the illogical when it comes to adding protocols like this for the combine or any story like this. So it just, I can't even go there because I don't know where it's, it's never going to end at that. I can then present you with other, 50 other problems that are out there in everyday life that's never going to go away. Well, that we it, all have dealt with for a long time and it's never going to go away. And, and Paul, I don't know how to deal with those things. And when you apply illogical protocols to it, then I really can't even talk about let,
3: it. Let's really just dumb it down to if, if they just tried to get this through the, the agencies, like the, the big name groups that have signed all these big name players. You've got to allow more than one, pl- one person access within the bubble to your player. If you're the league, right? Like that in and of itself needs to be adjusted regardless of policy that's in place.
2: Yes. But I wonder too, I mean, I'm going somewhere else here. How bloated is your agency? Like, does your guy need 15 guys? Yeah. If CAA basically comes in and says,
1: we're not going to be there with our clients. That's how, that's where the NFL moves. But you're right, Paul. There's, they have everyone at their disposal. And
2: can't that guy, I mean, can't your team of 15 guys look after 12 so 12
1: players. Let me give you an alternative <laughs> theory here. We talked about this with media. The NFL is going to get really comfortable with not having journalists and media around their locker room because of COVID oh, protocols. Very comfortable. Oh, and yes, then they're they going to get used to that, and then when COVID's pretty much gone or a lot of people are vaccinated or it's just never going to get any better and we got to live with it, whatever the situation, they're still going to come back and say, "You know what, we're going to keep some of these media policies in place." Yep. This could be the NFL just using COVID as this shield to go in and say, we don't want so many damn people around. We want to clean it up. We're tired of 15 handlers for every, for every prospect. This is a way to try to get that through. And then the agents come back and say, you know, it's really important we have 15 people around our corner uh, for CAA that signed. But I don't think and it's And then they that. come back and say, all right, yeah, you can come. I
3: don't think it's that because the NFL wants to have this made-for-TV like event. And if these guys show up, that's
1: no, the NFL they, wins. They want the guys there. They just don't want to deal with everyone else around them that don't add to TV ratings. Do you? But want then when the agents came back and said, it's imperative are everyone around them be there, they said, okay, then they can come.
2: And that's what's going to happen. Maybe a little surprised by the, the degree of the pushback. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Again, just convenience. It's an argument for yeah. convenience because they want to move forward this way, much like teams are going to move forward with less and less media availability. Nashville. I mentioned COVID, by huh. the way. My voice starts going out. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, you, you, it's a soprano. <laughs> Psychosomatic. <laughs> physically i have no more voice left. speaking of gone. welcoming
3: all uh all are welcome in nashville right there's no restrictions on how many people you want to bring for a bachelor party or a bachelorette party or how many you want to you know go party on broadway it's back in the national spotlight this week we'll, we'll tell you what's going on uh, here in town also paying premium price for a top strength in the NFL and specifically one that the Tennessee Titans are having to decide on right now. That's next on Now Kick 360.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: I preface this by saying this is not a jab at Chad whatsoever.
2: Now, jab at Chad.
3: Paul and I have had the pleasure of being to an outdoor hockey game before at a big stadium, at Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Pour it on.
3: It's fantastic. Pour it on. It is a great event. As much as you think, I can't see anything, they do a really nice job of setting up the scene for the atmosphere and the event.
2: I thought it would suck, and it was a billion times better than I expected. Plus, very good. I mean, because we were in a VIP media contingent, we got to walk around the Yankee Stadium. Field pretty much, and in the dugout, which is a dream for me. But um, let's also list other things that we were at that Chad wasn't <laughs> at. Um, Jerry Jones's uh, Hall, Hall of Fame of induction fame party, party, where we drank with Derek Dooley. Uh, Didn't you go to a movie opening? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam, Sandler, was Adam Sandler movie opening. Yeah. We
3: sat right behind David Spade. Yeah. Yep.
2: So that's those are the big three. I mean, we keep them the coming. Whole list. Anything else? What, what else? We can make the whole list, but right now that's all that comes to mind. I
3: yeah. bring it up because the, the that event's going to be here in Nashville this weekend. For those that don't know, and I, there may I, be there people may who be don't know. There may be people that don't think, know. It's think, not been really. I think really there are people,
2: It's kind of like the NBA uh, 75th anniversary yeah, team. I, I, I didn't
3: know that was coming. Well, I think we, I think you know, the event's happening. I'm not sure if people realize it's this weekend yet. That that we'll have the outdoor game at Nissan Stadium, and maybe i'm late to the party here but even like there's normally we'll use ourselves as an example if there's a big event we're normally being asked hey do you know where i can get tickets do you know anyone selling tickets or do, do you, you have, have any, any do you have any giveaway i haven't had a single person ask me that question either any of those three options um over the last couple weeks, as buzz should start to generate for this game. It
1: is on Saturday, right?
3: It is on Saturday. Okay, just clarify. If if it's a sold-out event, there would certainly be a promotional piece to promote the fact that it's completely sold out. So I don't think it's sold out. It doesn't have to be to be a success. That's not what I'm getting at here. And this is not me jabbing at the Preds. I don't want to come across that way. But it doesn't feel like a big event is coming to town. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I've completely overlooked it. I know that the setup's going on because of local news coverage. That's pretty much it. I don't hear anybody talking about it. And I, I'm, I'm here to say it's a, it's, it's a game worth attending in person because it's really cool. It's fun. Uh, the league flies in a couple of weeks in advance to take care of all this stuff. I mean, they've brought in refrigerator systems that are inside Nissan Stadium to make the ice, no matter the temperature, to keep the ice uh, skatable. Again, I, I'm all for the event being here. I'm just curious if you guys have even thought about it until I brought up the question. Is there a big event coming to Nashville this week?
2: I asked my son if he wanted to go, and he said, maybe. Wow. That was his level of it. Already very indifferent yeah. at a very young age. Sometimes for arena events, he asks if we'll be in a box when I ask if he wants to go. That's how spoiled
3: I wouldn't want to be upper deck
1: for this game. It's time to send him to military school. <laughs> you don't want to be upper deck for any game. No. I mean, maybe for something gigantic. that was I, a would, in the I would like to be there to see it. I, I, unlike you guys, have never been to an outdoor NHL game, so I, I would I, like to see and it. And
3: you know we would tell you if it was not worth attending, if it a TV only it's a TV-only event. And for the most part, I enjoy watching the NHL on TV far more than I do in person. Um, I, I enjoy the atmosphere. I like the... When I say that, I'm saying I like the atmosphere and the camaraderie of an NHL game. But if I'm locked into a playoff matchup, I want to watch it on TV. Yeah, there
1: are – look, there are – you know, we've had our little differences with the Preds, whatever, in the past. There are few things better in the city of Nashville than a Preds home playoff game, without a doubt. Yes. The energy in that building, the atmosphere around that, terrific. Springtime, it is awesome. I I love it. It's not just sports – it's one of the best things in the city of Nashville when the Preds are hosting a playoff game. Any round of the playoffs. It's awesome. Um, here's my issue with the outdoor game. Can't get past it. Can't mentally move through this. Those sweaters are awful. <laughs> they are terrible. Well, I haven't seen I see them in a see while. Them, that, that is one. I, we had to go to Dick Sporting Goods to pick up some cleats for my daughter. They're all over in every window. They're pumping those awful hockey sweaters that they created for that game, the Smashville. Yeah, Smashville. Thank you. And it looks like something that was computer-generated for Walmart in 1997. It's awful. It looks cheap. It's so poorly done. It's bad. That I would love to go to this event if they weren't wearing those sweaters. (laughs) And I would love to watch this on TV if they were in anything else. Every other uniform sweater I've seen for all these specialty games have been... Out of the park, fantastic throwback, classic look these are so bad, I can't mentally get past it there's also
3: I think part of the buzz factor
1: I'm being totally honest I can't oh, do that
3: it. that's fair I mean I, I think there are multiple reasons I think a big portion of it I'll get Reed's take on it is their opponent you know this is not Detroit or Chicago flying to town easy trip well they used to take over the arena, but they've they've set up policies where they those fan bases can't do that anymore. I'm here to tell you, if, if they had Detroit or Chicago or Dallas or you – know, there are a couple of others uh, coming to town for this game, there would be a college football-like atmosphere to it. I'm not sure if it's going to reach that level of hype. Uh, there would certainly be a college football-level discussion going on about the matchup. And because it's Tampa Bay – and I, I realize Tampa Bay is a recent cup holder and you know they're skating the cup, they're doing all that stuff – Fine, but their fan base is limited on the number of fans nationally that would be traveling in for that. And that's also maybe what they had in mind whenever they chose these two well, teams. Well, they
2: didn't want it to be filled and, with Chicago
3: fans. But but if you want it to be a massive event, you know, the game would be sold out. And I realize you don't want a ton of Blackhawks fans or or, uh, or Red Wings fans. You don't want the Pred Wings showing up. But you do like I. I think that would also generate sales locally to make sure you have the home atmosphere. Maybe I'm dead wrong on it, and I, I, no, think, either, I, I think I think either way. I think either way they end up with a really nice crowd because you can paper this town and have people show up to an event that's a one-off and have people there and have butts in seats. I, I think they'll do that. I'm just not sure if the atmosphere, while good, a home atmosphere is always good for them. They do a fantastic job. Um, that the the spectacle of it should produce a nice atmosphere. I'm not sure we get to the fervor that this could have been had the right opponent been paired with them. Reid, what do you think?
0: I think it was it was absolutely intentional the opponent they picked because even if Tampa Bay sends 15,000 people here, which they're not going to, they're all going to be wearing blue, and you're not going to be able to differentiate between the Predators fans and the Tampa fans. Something's definitely at foot. This is going to this is one of those situations where we need to ask. Attendance versus paid attendance. Because if you go on to Ticketmaster right now, there are only eight sections in that entire stadium that show that they have tickets for sale at face value. There are a bunch of resale tickets and verified resales up there. But right now, there's only eight sections throughout that stadium that say that you can buy uh, face value tickets. And most of those are in the upper deck. And they're 80 bucks a piece. Who, who can pay 80 bucks to go sit up on the last roll of 300 sections to watch a hockey game? Uh, and two, what you're at, Chad? The the Tampa jerseys aren't better at all for this for this uh, game oh, on right? Saturday. They're, they look like the old sawtooth '90s uh, NFL hats. It's it's terrible. Look these up now. It, it's terrible. They're so bad. Um, Chad's gonna look at them. it's 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 a car wreck. You got to see it. It's like me with
3: horror films (laughs) that
1: Jacob Swanson suggests when I read the plot.
0: You got to see it. And you're also and look here's here's the thing about it. I you're you're asking your fan base to expend a lot of money and emotional capital this week because Thursday night they're retiring Pecorini's jersey at Bridgestone Arena against the Dallas Stars. So uh, what the atmosphere is going to be like? That who who knows? It's one of those big events though that's going to. Like you At- atmosphere said, atmosphere for the
3: Saturday oh, game. At- atmosphere bad. for the Saturday game. These are terrible. They're,
0: they are. They're worse than they make. They make the the Nashville jerseys look. It like It looks like something
1: notch. that your aunt stitched on her own and put together and gave. It you reminds as a jersey. me of. So oh, a, you're a Bolts fan. I was, let me make my own concept <laughs> jersey and stitch it up for you.
0: When I was uh, when I was sure. seven when I was seven years old. Uh, uh, watching the Cubs for like one of the first times ever, I decided I was going to make my own Cubs jersey. And I got a white T-shirt and I made all the pinstripes and I put the logo on there. That looks better than both of these jerseys <laughs> that they're going to be wearing on Saturday.
1: I love that Reed with his water bottle has the Victor Arvidson sticker on there. And oh, I also love that, that he next to that like has something. a visible tape measure right next to it. I don't know if that's on purpose, but I, I like that touch. Um, yeah, Jacob Swanson now reminds me. I'm now going to go search "Repulsive" by Roman Polanski as my (laughs) next movie that I'm going to watch because both sweaters are repulsive. In this game, they are terrible. Am I weird? Yes. To think that. Thank you. Am I weird to think that the Stadium Series would always be better if it was international? I think it should always be a Canadian team versus an American team. I'm not up with the news enough to know if people are allowed in or out of Canada right now. Not really sure. I know a lot of stuff's going on in Canada. Got to be completely honest. I haven't read everything with it, but I know stuff's happening. Um, but if this were the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs in Nashville, imagine the fans. Can Can that they, would come?
2: But again, wouldn't they travel like crazy? That's, yeah, that's it's, my it's point. That's what you're saying. So it's a neutral
1: up. You create a big college bowl atmosphere. But yeah. in sense, though, that's 80% of would those
0: them. would be home games for the American teams because there's not large stadiums right. in Canada where they can be played.
1: Well, and yeah, you're right. I guess there are some big CFL stadiums though, right? Um, does, does the TV contracts big. have anything to do with that?
3: Where what, what they would broadcast here can't be shown in Canada? Where does
1: this dominant Canadian men's soccer team play all across their country? <laughs> you can just put it there, Paul. I know you're a big Canadian soccer Look, fan.
3: I, I'm, I'm, I only bring it up because there it is a big event. And I, I do think they'll have a nice crowd. I just optic, uh, you know, just 30,000 foot view. I'm bringing this up today instead of Friday. Because I think by then we'll kind of know what that stadium's going to look like. It's going to look great. I mean, that, the, the setup looks really, really good um, from the, the aerial view of the stadium. And Nashville should be in a great spotlight. But I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there should be a bigger buildup to it than, uh, than what we're seeing. Anyway, soapbox over. I agree. Uh, coming, and there
1: needs to be better sweaters better, coming uh, up. Better uniforms.
3: Daytona Five Hundred with the finish was fantastic, and we have already heard Reed's perfect voice uh, on this show involving hockey. When we come back, we'll get his take on the finishes. Uh, you, you know, you I got mean, that, if you
2: thought he was good on hockey, where do you? You've hear
3: got the is? NFL all uh, the NBA All Star game that guarantees a game winning shot. Um, what Daytona and what NASCAR has set up for these checkered finishes uh, has guaranteed some tight races. And a split-second finish yesterday is uh, Exhibit A for the most recent example. It's all straight ahead on Outkick Lots of
1: finish talk today.
3: Finish.
2: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. we are do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
3: Two locations at once. I'll be in Birmingham ahead of the USFL draft, which is taking place tomorrow night in Birmingham. Um, Hope to be joined by a few head coaches from the league. Jeff Fisher, Todd Haley, a couple of others. Kevin Sumlin, top of our list that we'd like to get on. We're going to be down there tomorrow. So I'll be reporting back to you guys uh, from one of the hotels there. No, I take that back. It'll be from the new UAB stadium is where I'm going to be. Nice. The club level. So not upper deck. They thought Chad was coming, so they did in the club level. Well, you know, thank him for that. Simon, You're welcome. Simon will appreciate You're welcome. That. I thank him for that. Yeah, I
1: demanded club level or nothing. You're not <laughs> getting me at all. You and Simon.
3: Well, so we'll be there. Uh, looking forward to it and um, hopefully some great coverage for the USFL draft, the first uh, draft of what we hope is many. The uh, first game, April 16th on Fox and on NBC for the USFL. And I
1: forgot to tell you that Chutton struck again this weekend. Um, nice. Someone we know that works with Fox that we worked with on Outkick the Tailgate sent me a text saying, hey, I understand you're going to be in Birmingham for the draft. Can't wait to catch up, <laughs> and let's come up with a plan on guests. And I said, well, I'd love to do all of that and work with you again, but it's actually Jonathan Hutton that will be in Birmingham. And okay. they responded and said, oh, gotcha. Oh, My bad.
3: Maybe it's the guy who uh, – are
2: there who two of you? Me? He said, are there two, yeah. are there two, there's two,
1: there's two of you? There's
3: two of you. It's a lady. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know who it is. Yes, yes. Well, hopefully she's- I don't get... want to out the lady right now yeah. because she's no, really
1: out. good at what she does. She was out. probably just given bad info from someone.
3: Uh, yeah, we'll blame it on Kelly.
1: Yeah,
3: um, we'll blame
1: <laughs> it on someone else.
3: <laughs> so we've got uh, the Daytona 500 finish to hit, and I, I think it's worthy because uh, it was spectacular. Maybe I'm overselling it, Reed. Uh, where you have a rookie uh, in Centric that- wins the Daytona 500, holding off what was sure to be a wreck if it goes maybe 100 to 200 yards further. Um, that's what NASCAR has been selling with this green-white checkered finish, and it paid off on the biggest race yesterday.
0: Yeah, and it seems to. So the truck race on Friday night also want green-white checkers. So look, they, in these plate races and these super speedway races, you spend all that time there all day long, You know there's going to be wrecks. This is probably the most ingenious thing that they did in a long time, not allowing any race, for that matter, to finish under a caution flag like we've seen uh, in years past. But, yeah, Austin Sindrick kind of, I guess, uh, uh, ironic that uh, the guy who was in that seat last year was the one responsible for all the mayhem yesterday, that being Brad Keselowski uh, in that sixth car. He, uh, He... almost single-handedly took out every single uh, competitor that had a chance to win that race early on with the wreck that saw Harrison Burton, another rookie who had a chance to win the race, go upside down, and then late in that race, what happened to Ricky Stenhouse to, to oh, go get, to the green-white checker?
3: Let's pause on Ricky Stenhouse because uh, the other thing that NASCAR gets right, guys, is during, um, during the cautions, they've got the guys who are radioing <laughs> in from the booth to whoever they want. And so the guy you've got Ricky Stenhouse, who's leading the Daytona 500 with nine laps to go caution. And you've got, was it Clint Boyer? I think was up in the booth and he's radioing down talking to Ricky as you know, just sitting in his car. And he's like, so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's a Chevy and they had Fords behind him. Right. Yep. <laughs> he's like, so you're, you're the only Chevy up there. Um, are you screwed? i'm I'm paraphrasing but that's pretty much what he said because you've got a lot of fords behind you teammates is what he's saying who's going to practically basically you're going to be moved out of the way or you're going into a wall and you could tell by his answer that he knew he was done and within a lap and a half that guy was out and he was in the garage because he'd been wrecked it was amazing i I wasn't thinking of it that way but I, i i found it interesting that they were just that blunt like yeah, it's to a point where I have no chance. I'm leading the Daytona 500 with nine laps, and my car's really good, but it's about to be in the shop.
0: I mean, no, no, not, not only do you not have any manufacturer help behind him, he's a single car team in the JTG Doherty Racing Team. So he knew that he was a man on an island, and then as soon as the wreck happened, they go back to his radio audio, and he says, the one, you, <laughs> you hear six, six behind you. The next thing you know, he's wrecked, and he says, yeah, should have known. Should have known.
2: Coming home, boys. So
1: the finish was great. It was great. The racing was good. My big question for Reed is this. Who is the personality? Because I feel like even you know, five, ten years ago, you named name and said, okay, this is the personality of this driver. Mm-hmm. And you knew it. You know, Sports fans would know right away. You say Jimmy Johnson. You say Jeff Gordon. You say Dale Jr. You say Tony Stewart. But you could say guys and know the personality. Is there someone driving that now?
0: Not really, I guess. I mean, Kurt Busch and Brad Keselowski, those are the two lightning rods. Those are the people who go out there and say whatever they want to say and and not care what the repercussions are. But so many of the guys, like a young Austin Cindric, who is – he's very corporate. He grew up – He's 24. uh, He's uh, 23, 23. 23, the second youngest to ever win the Daytona 500. So, but his father is the general manager at Penske racing. So this is a kid who was groomed from the time he was six years old and first got in a a go-kart to get up there and give the PC answers and do what the sponsors say and want. So those personalities aren't there anymore. The personalities in the sport were in the booth yesterday and Clint Boyer and and Tony Stewart and Kurt Busch got taken out pretty much from the get go. in that first wreck that Brad Keselowski caused.
3: So, MJ owns a car now, and he was standing right behind the barrier from fiery crash, Paul, that you saw on Saturday night. That's 9. the
2: best thing I saw, and you guys sounded thoroughly unimpressed. No, it
3: was, it was fiery. I mean, but uh, uh, as far as, like, heavy crashes, it didn't damage the track or it didn't damage the fence. But MJ, <laughs> Jordan looked like he had seen a ghost. He was standing on the other side of that fence, and it that fire came and hit it right there in front of him and he was standing they came over and talked to him and it was just him and he it looked like that's the first time he had been that close to a wreck
2: that was impressive what the retaining wall did there and then i just thought the silhouette of the driver sitting in the inflamed car when it came to rest was very haunting
3: it is nuts how those guys just get out and walk from that but the, the uh, uh, what looks like it's not routine what looks like a routine you know uh straight into the, the wall crash that really doesn't damage the car all that much has been the most damaging to many of the drivers.
0: Yes. It was crazy. Uh, yesterday, or I guess it was late Saturday night, They we, you heard on the broadcast if you were watching it, what happened to the engine. Because the only thing left of that car was the driver's compartment. They found pieces of the suspension off of that car inside the radiator of one of the motor coaches on the other side of that fence near where Michael Jordan was standing. That's crazy. That could have been a lot worse.
1: I mean, you just got me in more into NASCAR knowing that Michael Jordan owns a car now. <laughs> he owns like, a right, 23. Cool.
0: Yep, Bubba Wallace's Bubba car. Bubba Wallace's
1: car. Yeah, Is he the sole owner or a part owner?
0: Uh, he's a part owner okay. with Denny Hamlin, who uh, who's uh, another driver. There's a
3: reason why he's got 23, and there's a reason why he's there. You know, he's 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 the car owner. He's, he's tow- it to it's,
1: Cleveland. It's also marketing, which is good. Yeah, but I mean, good he's... Good to have
3: him around. He's the financial... He's the majority owner of that team from what... I understand, Reed. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, hops a flight and goes to Cleveland. <laughs> and he gives
1: <laughs> Dennis Rodman a dad hug. And oh, it was the most awkward again?
3: Like, he, he puts the arm around his back, not his shoulder, but his back, and then grabs him here and is like patting him on the heart. It's
2: all hot, um, man. That, that was an exchange for Rodman. And, and, and Rodman, those guys, those no, guys Rodman just sometimes. stood
3: there with his arms by his side, like, "What are you, what are you doing? Shaking me? You know, like. Shake him down. Yeah, uh, hopefully Robin takes him up on hanging out with him. I want that. I want that reality series. He's like,
1: hey, I've got a guy in
2: North Korea. You got to meet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, join me. Join me on the <laughs> flight. Back at he it. He loves you tomorrow Jim. for Outkick 360.
2: Don't block the box. Do lock the locks and read this sign for further messaging.